The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? Oops, he throws. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Red, White and Buffalo Blues episode number 48. We are doing our season review on this show. Uh, Matt and Alex here and we will be chatting later on with Matt Perino and Ryan Tolbert. Alex, how you doing? How you feeling? I'm good. Let me tell you, man, watching those other NFL games in the playoffs, I mean, aside from Tennessee, uh, I, I really hope Josh can turn into, you know, like half of what Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, what an unbelievable game. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but um, the, 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 the Texans, they ran the clock down under the play clock a few times again. It's unbelievably frustrating seeing how they keep getting away with it. Well, they didn't win, so whatever. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, do you have any comment on Jerry Coleman real quick? You know what I mean? I don't really want to give him that much of it, that much time and um, an airways. I just think he's no. a total, he could be a total douche sometimes or all the times. and Absolute trash person. Just... Okay. Yep, that's all he gets. All right, next. Yeah. So, first of all, we're going to start off. People already had news by now. Brian DeBall is staying as the uh, offensive coordinator of the Bills with the Browns hiring um, hiring someone completely different to uh, for the role. So instant, instant reaction to that, is it going to be, and I've run a poll on this on Twitter as well, is it going to be better or are we going to see more of what this year is going to, um, going to bring? That's a really heavy question that we could probably use a whole show for. <laughs> um, uh, Brian Dable, if he, for him to get his own mini season in review, has showed his ability to make adjustments. Um, and, and now he has to make a big adjustment, and that's how he uses Josh Allen and where he views Josh Allen. I think he thinks a lot higher of Josh Allen than maybe the rest of us do. Uh, we all know Josh for his faults, and I think Dable didn't really give that a real good look. Um, having him throw that many times against Houston was a bad idea, uh, and so hopefully he learns from that. Um, everybody talks about continuity for a young quarterback. Um, I don't think it's as important as everyone says, but then again, our quarterback is much more of a project than anybody else. You can't compare Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes. You can't compare him to Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. Um, you can't you, you can't compare him to even Russell Wilson coming out of college. Um, all those guys put together a really good first year uh, yeah. where they had good completion percentages. They had good decision-making. Um, Josh is by and far a massive project and he needs to take a step forward. And I think the only way to do that is through consistency. Uh, And hopefully this coaching staff and the off season puts a plan together to only put Josh in positions to win next year uh, in positions to succeed, not put too much on his shoulders. But then again, in season three, Josh should be able to handle a lot more. So um, it depends on, on, on what side of the fence do you stand? I mean, is it, uh, Josh needs consistency or is it Josh needs a better offensive coordinator? Uh, unfortunately, this is going to be a we'll see scenario because he's not going to get fired in the middle of the season, I bet, even next mm. year. Uh, if he blows it, it's going to be at the end of the year. So uh, we'll see, but um, it, it, it has to be an improvement. Yeah, I think so. I think I put, I put a poll out on, on Twitter, I think, the day, the few hours after it was announced. Um, is everyone look forward to it? I've got seventy-five percent actually said they're actually happy and looking forward to De Ball and Allen for the um for the third season. And I think you can see what they've done in the last part where they've actually well, in the middle, shall we say, mm. part of the um of the season with what they've actually introduced, the concept, the personnel, the type, 
that he can he's now got a whole another whole off season knowing that he's still got the same offensive coordinator, he won't have to learn a new playbook, won't need to to learn anything else and can work on the basic fundamentals, which hindered him a little bit. But I'm hoping that DeBall and the offensive staff and Sean McDermott were looking at the likes of the Titans, how they've actually um, adapted in the playoffs. I mean, Ryan Tannehill in both games has not thrown over 100 yards. They obviously relied more on Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. but with their defense and that rushing game, if we can replicate something like that and the Titans actually um, replicated um, replicated that on defense against Baltimore, if we can replicate the sort of way that the Titans have been playing in the last in the run-up to the playoffs and in the playoffs. Yeah, we don't have Derek. Derek Henry is a freak of nature. Oh, we don't yeah. have that. No, no. Uh, and, and you're going you're gonna to want more out of your quarterback than what Ryan Tannehill is doing. Sure, they're getting Ws, but I don't think that plays for a full 16. They're yeah. hot right now. Um, I don't know. Uh, it. We're really, I think, the only team in the league that looks the way we do. Mm. Uh, and it's very hard to compare against any other team. Um I'm you also I'm saying that obviously looking at their blueprint, the fact that how we've used our running backs this year compared to Tennessee, especially in the last oh, yeah. I mean, last part, in terms that of usage, sort of... absolutely. I mean you can all you have to do is look at uh the Titans game. I mean the the the, the, the Texans game. Um Tennessee uh stuffed their running back down the throat in their wins and we didn't do that, and um, I think that'll be a focus in the offseason, getting in another running back who can help carry the load, but also maybe an adjustment to the game plan and, and, and figuring out which run plays to lean on when you have a win. Because um, yeah. maybe, I don't know, a crazy idea, maybe this team didn't expect to have so many leads and just didn't really have a set, but you should be able to come up with a set of plays throughout the season. Uh, I don't know. It's tough to say. Uh, I wish I was in that locker room. Yeah. So then the other the other bit of news um, that's come out in the last since the last um, podcast is the reserve future signings that the um, the Bills have made. Uh, pretty much most of them are everyone that's been on the um, practice squad in 2019. Yep. You've got tight end Nate Becker, linebacker Terrell Dodson. Wide receiver Nick Easley, cornerback Cam Lewis, linebacker Delshawn Phillips, offensive tackle Victor Salako, quarterback Davis Webb, defensive end Jonathan Woodward, um, and also you've got comeback wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod, and obviously our um, our boy Christian Wade. So there's not really much to talk about on there but it's nice to see that they've kept in-house on those um on those contracts so they must have had some some flash plays during practices or they've yeah, seen I some mean, potential those, in there those are guys who will help fill out the roster come uh in training camp time um i i wouldn't consider christian wade to be our number two running back next year It'd be amazing if he makes the roster as the number three running back, kind of in the same way that um, Yeldon did this year. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't even consider Yeldon to be our number two running back for next year. So, um, yeah, it, it's good to see. I, I would say maybe two or three of those guys could maybe do something. I think Nick Easley would be a good special teams player. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's standard fare for the offseason to uh, – tender all of your uh practice squad players everyone except brandon hinter uh was tendered mm-hmm. and i so, think i think in my opinion i think the ones that could make the impression in training camp will be could be um dodson and and cam God, lewis yeah. Yeah. i think dodson mcdermott well those are two shooting. positions that uh we're gonna need spots for you know, mm. corner and linebacker. So Dodson has a good shot, I think, next year to make the roster. And the one other um, reserve future free agent that I've actually um, I've forgotten was the kid kicker slash punter, uh, Carl, or was it Corey um, Vedic? 
Fed Fury. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's too early for me to get into uh, Kicker Talk. Uh, <laughs> Kicker Talk 2020 will we'll have to wait a few months. But we're going to have that talk. <laughs> but, Can't no. Wait. So... The next part of the segment um, is going to be our um, our season review. Uh, we're lucky to have Matt Perino again and first timer on the um, on the podcast, Ryan Tolbert. So stay keep keep listening. It's a really good um, chat that me and Alex had with both of them, and really did open our eyes to stuff that we may not have seen over in the um, in the UK. So enjoy and joining us on the red white and buffalo blues we welcome back matt perino and say hello to ryan tolbert both guys thank you for um thank you for appearing on the show yeah absolutely thanks for having us uh pretty much we're gonna we're gonna review this season obviously pre-season we started we signed 17 um 17 free agents um with that and the draft picks and the whole preseason was their expectation and against what the bills actually achieved so was there a chance would they want to see us going winning 10 10 games and get into the playoffs or would it be a case of um it's still a development trying to get all the players to um to gel yeah absolutely i don't i don't think uh, a lot of the National media, the outside presence, expected the Bills to have uh, this type of success in, in 2019. Like you said, a lot of free agents, a lot of question marks, especially from the national media and Josh Allen. So uh, to say that the Buffalo Bills exceeded all expectations this year, I think it's an understatement. Yeah, and I think um, Ryan and I actually went into this season in our in our predictions. We both picked 10 wins, and that's kind of where our expectation was for this team because of, you know, the strength of the team, which lies on the defensive side of the ball. And mm. I thought that this team, from an identity perspective, kind of were what we thought they were going to be. I thought that Josh Allen would take some jumps this season. Uh, he, he did that. Uh, they, they built around him, added some pieces. But I think what we learned from this 10-win season and the playoff game is that that process needs to continue. And uh, it seems like, you know, they're in a very good position to do that with the cap space they have in the draft capital. Yeah. I think, I think me and Alex, we also did our own prediction. I think Alex got his spot on with the 10 wins. I actually, um, I actually was a bit more optimistic and said we'd get um, 11 wins. And if we had played our strong side against the Jets, I probably would have said I'd be spot on on that one. But I think, um, I think we're all really, really happy about it. And obviously the strength of schedule at the time I think people were saying it should have been that 10, 11 wins, but can you can we really play the, the strength of schedule card? Yeah, no, it pro- you probably can. I mean, you, you never know on a year-to-year basis. I, all mm. I've heard since the season was over was how difficult the 2020 schedule is for Buffalo, how they're going to take a step back. But you don't know on a year-to-year basis which teams are going to be uh, rebound and be strong, which teams are going to have a, a major decline, such as the Rams this season. You know, they look like they had uh, a special thing going that they're going to be one of those teams that competed for a Super Bowl year in, year out, and then all of a sudden they stumbled this year in a, in a major fashion uh, and didn't even make the playoffs. And I think it's also important to remember that, you know, it, it's funny how people love to talk about, you know, uh, the strength of schedule and, and so many uh, kind of lower caliber opponents when you look at the Miami Dolphins which were one of the worst teams in the NFL went and spoiled the New England Patriots season in a lot of mm-hmm. ways in week 17 I mean if they get that first round by uh who knows if they're still in the dance and have a chance to go to a four straight Super Bowl so you know the Bills had to play them two times they beat them two times you know the Patriots didn't beat them two times so you know every week in this league is its own um entity and from week to week you can play a Giants team one week and, and, and have some success, and that same team could give another good team fits the next week. So, you know, from a week-to-week basis, uh, I think strength, strength of schedule is a little bit, uh, you know, it's discussed a little bit too much because I think at the end of the day, you have to go and win the games that are on your schedule. And who even knows? I mean, 
you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are, are probably going to lose a few pieces this offseason. And, and coming coming into next year, even say they win the Super Bowl, they could be a completely different uh, team. Uh, they'll still have Patrick Mahomes, but potentially lose some players on defense. So uh, I just think that that's something that uh, you got to win the games that are on your schedule, and the Bills won 10 of them. Yeah, it's a really good point about how the schedule works because, you know, you got to say, thank God we played the Titans early, right? I mean, if we had played them when Tannehill was starting, it would have looked a little different, right? Well, well I don't know. May- Go ahead, Ryan. No, I, I apologize. Uh, maybe, you know, the, the Bills actually know Tannehill pretty well. That defense right. is still legitimate. Uh, Tannehill hasn't exactly set the world on fire in these two playoff games yet. Yeah thrown for under 100 yards in each, and the Bills actually did a really good job containing Henry in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's the key right there. And, and the Bills, you know, when they showed up this year and their run defense was stout, they were almost impossible, you know, to beat. And that that's what they did so well on the road that day. And, and I think Marcus Mariota, you know, obviously there was reason they moved on from him. But I, I don't necessarily think – I just think they're a team that, like the Bills, you know, improved – as the season went on. I mean, if you look at two of the key uh, performances of this Bills season, I, I would look at the Dallas game at the end of uh, November and then that Pittsburgh Steelers game on Sunday Night Football in December. Yeah. And, and, and Tennessee's a team that's just hitting its stride at the perfect time and playing playing well. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do in terms of keeping their band together because they have a lot of it impending free agents right uh you know on their offensive line Derek henry and ryan Tannehill. Mm. so to get a to get a picture of the bill's season uh we let's break it up into like four quarters in review at real, real quick just um four games at a time so uh the first quarter of the bill's season uh, a lot of optimism a lot of energy uh win jet win jets win giants win Bengals, lose pats um, I don't know if it's my eternal negativity about being from Buffalo and never <laughs> winning anything, but mm-hmm. looking back on that Jets, Giants, and Bengals wins, those were ugly, and at, from from this point, at the end of the season, they were kind of disappointing. I would have loved to have really put them away, and those got, those all three of those teams could have beat us. Yeah, all, all three of those games were, were almost like a coin flip. The Bills needed 17 points. Uh, to come back and beat the Jets, who ended up having, you know, building that lead early on, and all of a sudden it clicked there in the uh, second half with Josh Allen hitting John Brown. You know, the, the Giants game was maybe probably the most comfortable win of those first three out of the four wins. Uh, I, Saquon Barkley had a really nice dr- uh, opening drive where he ran on the Bills pretty successfully, but then they shut that down. But but you're right. I mean, you look at this Bengals team, you look at that Jets team, you'd like to think that those were two games where they probably should have had uh, more decisive victories, but at the same time, it, it was the beginning of the year. There were all those new offensive pieces that were trying to get to know one another. Uh, I, I do think that maybe if those games had been later on in the year, I think maybe there would have been a bigger gap in terms of how much they won by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, then the... we only, but then we only lose to the Patriots by one score, so that kind of cr- increased the optimism. It's one of those if Josh Allen finished the game kind of games, right? So, like, how would we, what would we say about that game? Like, is that, was that a turning point? Uh, or was that just the defense playing out of their mind? I think if you take the first quarter of the season, that was the real disappointment, uh, that, that fourth game, because I thought they outplayed New England. I thought they were a better team on the field that, that day. And if not for, uh, you know, Josh Allen's interceptions and ultimately uh, his poor choice uh, in that play that, got him concussed and forced him out of the game, the Bills probably win that game. And so uh, I think that the, the way that that season started with the three wins going into the year, I think if you would have told any Bills fan, you're going to start 3-0, and I don't think any of them would have told you, well, I wish we would have played better, <laughs> you know, in yeah. those games or been more dominant. I think that the key going into that, and we talk, Ryan and I talked a lot about it, is, is just winning the games that you should win, and that's what they did. And they did it well, not only finding themselves on offense, but also finding themselves on defense. you got to remember, guys, they were replacing Kyle Williams, who maybe statistically or production-wise wasn't at his best at 35 years old the year prior, but a big piece of that defense from a leadership perspective and from just a, uh, you know, a, a snap perspective. He was a big part of that defensive line rotation. Uh, they had a new cornerback uh, in Kevin Johnson that they were getting kind of worked in. Uh, uh, undrafted rookie Levi Wallace that was kind of trying to find his way. So I think what they were able to do in that first half, the only thing that could have made it better was finishing that Patriots game. And, and that's a game that I think if you look at this whole 
um, season stands out as one of the more the bigger disappointments. Yeah, I mean, it, without saying, obviously the next the next four games we had Titans Titans win, uh, Dolphins win, Eagles lost, Redskins win. I think, in my opinion, I think that's where we start. We started to see um, a new almost a new Josh Allen where he's actually started learning from mistakes, especially from the New England game and actually um, starting to acclimatise and obviously coming on a little later, actually uh, the offence finding finding how they're going to, how they can play going forward and their um, and their identity. I mean, let's say on that one, I had a, I say three and one again, record was actually um was just about right everyone knew the eagles was going to be a tough game so to speak but they still held it still held it well okay they can see 31 points on there but you can see that there had been a lot of improvement on offense as such on there but but, but you had but you had the dolphins game where where we almost i mean we were just hanging on by a thread for a little bit you know um I don't know. It's so hard for me to look at the season in review and, and stay optimistic because now I have 16 games to say that the offense couldn't handle it. But, um, I mean, they still scored 31. Luckily, there was that special teams touchdown, right? But um, so with, for this, the second quarter of this season, I mean, uh, what was like the trajectory, would you guys say, for the team uh, in this stretch? Well, I think it was still a positive trajectory. I mean, like you guys said, they won right? You know, um, like Bill's Dolphins game wasn't maybe uh, the best win. Like you said, they needed that Micah Hyde onside kick to be returned for a touchdown to really put that game away. The Dolphins are making it pretty close. But back then, yeah, they looked like an awful team. But if you looked at the way the Dolphins finished, you you know that they were well coached this year. It was just a lack of talent overall. Uh, The big game that obviously sticks out to me was that home game against the Eagles where the second half, the Philadelphia just kind of blew the doors off the Bills. Uh, they made some great adjustments. Buffalo just didn't show up. That was really the only loss this season where the Bills really weren't in it until the end. That was the only lopsided loss. And, and that's, a, you know, it's kind of odd because the Eagles didn't have the greatest of seasons despite making the playoffs. They kind of struggled to get in. So uh, it still was, was an upward trajectory, however, though, because of that 3-1 and one finish in that quarter. Yeah. I really liked all season how the Bills responded from a loss every time. I mean, if you go through their their schedule, they never lost two games in a row. Take out mm. the Jets game. That doesn't count because doesn't count. They, they yeah. weren't playing their starters. But and, and I know you could technically say the you know the the Patriots game and then the Texans game. I think that, I feel like that was a different season. I mean, the playoffs are a different season. But I, I you look at three or four times during the season, the Bills lost and they they rebounded from you know pretty disheartening losses. You take the Patriots game, that that was a really really high moment of the season where the bills were pretty hyped in going to that the fan base was hyped up going into it and then you you lay an absolute egg and you respond by going on the road and beating a titans team that's going to play for a chance to go to the super bowl this weekend yeah so uh, and and then the eagles game they were absolutely devoured in the run game i mean jordan howard miles sanders just uh, abused them uh their front seven and then you know you look to the next week and the redskins adrian peterson came and punched him in the mouth in the first First, first drive of the game, and they responded throughout the, the the entirety of the rest of the game and shut them down and won that game 24-9 handily at home. And, you know, they, they just responded all season. And I think that that's yeah. a key ingredient to not only a winning team but a winning culture and that you've developed a, a toughness in your group. And that's mm. something that I don't think can be argued about what this yeah. roster that's been built by Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, what they've kind of um, shown is an ability to – not let things linger. And that's going to be important next year because they can take an L on any given week with that schedule if it, if it ends up being as tough as everybody thinks it's going to be. Yeah. I think, I think obviously, the best thing about that was how they actually managed to respond defensively, especially in the Eagles and the Redskins game where the first half, they obviously Howard and Peterson both ran on the Bills, but then they were able to make that adjustment. Shows that they had that They've got that mentality. They've got they've got the smarts to actually close that down and actually um and improve that um improve it and obviously trying to get them to beat us in the air. 
Yeah, and we we stopped the Redskins too. I mean, they 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 dominated on the ground in the first half, but then we we shut that down. But I liked how you mentioned uh, this team responding because now in quarter three of the season, you have Browns, Dolphins, Broncos, Cowboys. It was the Browns' loss that everyone kind of says woke up Brian Dable on how to coach this offense. Uh, can you guys speak to what happened in this section of the season in terms of that? I was going to let Matt go first on that one. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go first. That's fine. Um, uh, I think the big thing, obviously, you know, from a headline perspective that happened was Brian Dable went up in the booth. And I think that that change in, um, I don't know, just the dynamic of how they're operating in games really unlocked a, a, a little piece. Because I think one big thing that, you know, wasn't talked about this year was a whole new coaching staff that was kind of assembled on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, mm. Chad Hall was elevated uh, to wide receivers coach. Bobby Johnson was the new O-line coach. And Ken Dorsey was the new quarterbacks coach. I almost feel like when Brian Dable went up in the booth, it almost empowered uh, those three guys to take a larger role on the sideline with their players. And I think that it ultimately led to, you know, a, a more a better sense of continuity uh, as a group. And, and Brian almost operated as the CEO and, and let each individual group kind of manage itself. And I don't know how successful that was if you take the whole bulk of the second half of the season and especially that Houston Texans game where, you know, I know you want to talk about that a little bit later, but where, you know, some, some play calling, some, some personnel decisions kind of left a lot of fans wanting. I, I don't particularly think put as much of it on Brian Dable as a lot of the fans uh, would like to, but I think that, you know, they're understand what happened when you saw them take a step in that, in that section of the season is that they were understanding their personnel more. Josh Allen was understanding all the new pieces a little bit more, more comfortable with all those around them. You know, I think that, you know, just continuity needed to build not only between Josh Allen and the receivers, but between an offensive line group that had four new starters and, and one in particular, Mitch Morse, who was basically signed to that big, big record at the, at the time, record contract to kind of bring it all together. And, and he missed the whole preseason. So I think that that was this, the point in time where everything came together because they had just been playing together long enough and, and took some lumps and, and, and had some successes. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing about Dable moving up to the booth is, that, you know, for a few of those games, uh, it seemed like in that stretch too, Josh Allen and the offense were getting to the line very quickly where he could assess what he saw, where maybe even Brian Dable could assess what he saw from up in the booth and communicate that to Josh Allen because, you know, up until that 15-second point, they can talk, they, he, they can communicate with one another. Uh, I think that that may have helped as well with diagnosing some of the defenses in terms of who to get the ball to because uh, that second Dolphins matchup, they played a very good game offensively. The Denver game uh, wasn't very close after – uh, at least after the early on there where they intercepted uh, Denver deep in their own territory, in Bill's territory, that is. And then that Thanksgiving day, they, they really kind of put on a little bit of a show. Maybe not as much, many points as you'd like, but they did hold the Cowboys in check. So, you know, mm. Dable going up to the booth did have some success and pay off for the Bills in that third quarter of the regular season. Could, could you also say that there was the the way he went to personnel, you have to do the, the one the one one personnel and having those pretty much – your main mainstays, your Brown, Singletary, Knox, Beasley, and and McKenzie as your um as his main main core in that personnel help him a little bit more because obviously then he's not learning too many plays or having to have too many plays on the go and he knows those guys what they're good at what they're not and what he can actually um and how he can actually play going forward. Oh, sure. Yeah, at that point, you definitely have a better idea of what everyone's strengths are. Um, I, I think at that point, they kind of realized that Devin Singletary was your, should have been the lead back and should be getting the bulk of the carries. Uh, whether or not he was getting enough of them is another, you know, another tale. But I think they kind of realized there that they have something kind of special there with Singletary. They realized, I think, early on that John Brown had the full route tree, but they started getting him more involved in games. Uh, same with Beasley. You know, Beasley would go on these stretches where there'd be some games where he wasn't getting enough targets, some games where he was the main guy target-wise. So there, there were some ebbs and flows in terms of the offense, but I, I think at this point in the season they did start to learn more, or Josh Allen started to learn more about the personnel around him. 
And then we finished the season uh, one and four, but honestly, it's it's one and it's one and two. Uh, sorry, one and three. Uh, we finished one and three, but the Jets game was a throwaway. Um, sorry for all the fans who went to that game. I guess right. Um, the the standout is the Steelers win, but what hurt more, the Ravens loss or the Patriots loss? Uh, I would say. I would say the Ravens lost personally because they were uh, the darlings of the NFL at that point. No one could stop them. And the Bills really came up with this great blueprint, which even the Texans, uh, I'm sorry, the Titans acknowledged this past weekend. So to, to have that game where the Bills really could have won that if they uh, could, the offense really could have stepped up a little bit more. They were within that one score. They had the ball uh, deep in Ravens territory. Like they just couldn't put it together. Uh, I, I think that one was bigger. I, I know that there's that rivalry with the Patriots. The Patriots have been beating on the Bills uh, for all these years now, but I, I would go with that Ravens game because they were looking like a powerhouse at that point of the year. I don't think there's really a, a wrong answer in this one. I think they were both pretty uh, painful losses, and I think I'll just you know just to, because Ryan took Baltimore, I'll say that the Patriots game really stung because again. The Bills could have been in uh, playing in Week 17 for the division, and not yeah. only to possibly win this division for the first time in, I think it's over 20 years. Um, in the mid 90s was the last time they did it. Um, not only would that be special, but really to finally with this group and with Josh Allen to beat Tom Brady in New England for the first time ever. I think that would have been just as important. Of a, of a message to be sent in this, you know, building season as a playoff win would have been. You know what I yeah. mean? And I think that now you take the Houston game and how, you know, much that they were in that game and probably should have won that game after going up 16 to nothing. I don't think many things could have replaced a playoff win. But I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that would have been a nice consolation prize to, to knock off Tom Brady in New England and then go on, go into Week 17 at home against the Jets with a chance to win, win the division would be pretty special. Yeah, it's I think... very surprising looking at the way both of those games ended. They ended exactly the same almost. In New England, we have the ball on their 15 and can't convert. And then in Baltimore, we have the ball on their 16 and can't convert. We score a touchdown, we tie the game in both situations. Um, so that's kind of, I mean, I feel like that's the season in a recap. For me is um you know we can hang with anybody but the offense is just maybe that like one step behind so uh in terms of the whole season could you give me like a season review final thought like two or three sentences like uh for, for me it's the fact that the bills are a lock to be a coin flip in every game they could beat anybody but they can't really dominate bad teams so just a few changes can get us there like what do you guys think about like the final thought on the season. De- defense is still elite, uh, among the best in the league with very few issues or holes. Uh, even even with some guys potentially leaving in free agency, I think that that's still the top unit. Uh, you found a playmaker in Devin Singletary, but you need to continue to add playmakers around Josh Allen. Um, and then I would probably, you know, going back to the defense side of the ball, you, you also have a star on that side of the ball in Trey White, who finally... Uh, earned the recognition that he's probably deserved for all three seasons since he's joined this team. Mm. You know, my main takeaway, like you said, is this team needs some, some game breakers. They found some playmakers. I mean, I, I think John Brown putting up the 14th best receiving season in Bill's history this year is quite a find by Brandon Bean in free agency. I think Devin Singletary, his kind of development as a playmaker in the run game and a consistent uh, ball carrier that you can count on to break tackles and make plays in small spaces and even break a few plays, but you don't really necessarily have those game breakers in this offense. And and you see some of the you know guys in the playoffs and some of the playmakers that they have at their disposal. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins made plays for for uh, Deshaun Watson against the Bills. You saw last night Travis Kelsey making making play after play for Patrick Mahomes. So I think that that's something that if the Bills can can find a way to go out and, and get a game breaker, in, you know, in this offseason, whether it be through the draft, whether it be through free agency, there's a couple that are that I think you could find uh, if you're able to, you know, 
come up with the, with the right deal. And it has to make sense because, you know, one thing I, I really respect about what the way that Brandon Bean has approached this rebuild is he's willing to spend money, but as long as it's responsible and, and it makes sense. And, you know, a guy like Amari Cooper is going to command a, a top-of-the-line contract. So you, you have to do your due diligence and make sure that, you know, that's not going to jeopardize what you're trying to do in terms of building the foundation of this thing for years to come. But my takeaway is not enough game breakers for, for Josh Allen, uh, yeah. guys that can really change the dynamic of a game with one play. Yeah. I mean, I'm going on, going on obviously with the play, with the playoff with the Texans game after that game, or even before obviously you guys being, um, being in and around Buffalo, what was the, what was the atmosphere like? before and after and obviously everyone's everyone's bent or everyone's opinion of the game itself because I mean there's about me and Alex went to um bar in London about 50 um 50 Bills fans there watching it obviously there was excitement and then um despair towards the end but is it with that game could we actually see that there are there were signs that that Josh Allen and the Bills can actually compete in the big, big games, i.e. the playoffs? Or, again, is there still a little bit of work, especially with the play calling, when we know we only ran Singletary and Dustent Gore more in the first half than we did in the second half and overtime, seeing what um, what the Titans did and what the Titans have done, and obviously the Texans, how they got on against um, against Kansas. Sounds like you answered your own question right there. Did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this... I was gonna, I was gonna ask, um, clarify the question. Like, what were my takeaways from Josh Allen in that game, or what was the feeling around town about the team during the during that week? Because. What's funny is me and me and Ryan actually went down to Houston, and it was an interesting dynamic down there. I know in Buffalo, the the, the excitement was absolutely uh, off the charts. I mean, second playoff in three years after 17 years without it. Uh, I think there was a lot of excitement. Um, but in terms of Josh Allen, you know, I took away from that game is is almost funny how his performance was almost a microcosm of the way that the Bills played all season. He made a couple of really bad deflating mistakes in that game, but he responded every time. And I mm. think that, you know, if he had a few few players make more plays or, you know, uh, and I'm not taking any of the responsibility away from him or trying to, you know, deflect the, the blame off of him, but he's a second-year quarterback in his first playoff game on the road, you know, a big spot, and he needed some guys to make some plays for him to make it a little bit easier. And unfortunately, when your defense goes away for almost a full quarter uh, and, and really I mean, for those two touchdown drives, I mean, defense gave up a lot of big plays. And, and, and I think that, you know, you're asking a lot of your young 23 year old quarterback on the road to keep it all together, especially when late in that game, I tweeted about it, that hit uh, from merciless. I mean, uh, not merciless, uh, the other linebacker 41, that was, it looked like he might have been concussed on that play. I mean, that was a helmet-to-helmet hit that wasn't called, and he mm. goes back on the next play, uh, throws a ball in the dirt to Cole Beasley. So I think that there was, at the end of the game, you had chances to win, and, and, and Josh made a couple plays, and he didn't make a couple plays in some other situations. So I, I think the takeaway is you have a lot, like the whole season, you have a lot to build on with him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Allen did enough to win that game. He made some costly mistakes. He fumbled. He, you know, that lateral could have been really dangerous. Took some sacks that he can't <laughs> take, even if the offensive line maybe uh, let up the pressure a little bit too quickly. Still has to have that internal clock to know, uh, I need to get this at least, you know, throw it away. But he also made the throws. He had that throw to John Brown along the sidelines that Brown should have been able to keep his feet in. He had that pass uh, to Duke in the end zone in the second quarter that should have gone for a touchdown, but uh, Duke Williams dropped. They had a few other key drops in that game. He he delivered some pretty uh, pinpoint passes, but his receivers couldn't haul it in. He didn't get that additional help that he truly needs, uh, and that hopefully Brandon Bean can find for him this off season. Yeah. So so going on then the whole over the whole season, what is your? Um, let's go through a few questions here. What's your what was your best moment of that season? 
uh, probably winning on Sunday night football in, in Pittsburgh because I think it, once we, the Bills, um, once you saw that end of the year schedule, I think a lot of people were thinking, well, the Bills could still make the playoffs, but they're probably going to back in like, like what happened in 2017 where other teams lost and they kind of found their way in. Well, no, they, they went and they handled business on their own. They, uh, they played a really strong defensive effort against Doug Hodges and that Steelers offense and and uh, Buffalo's offense did just enough to win. So uh, I would go with that because it was just a case of the Bills once again taking care of business on their own, not needing that outside help to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would. I mean, the biggest moment for me, and, and I'm probably a little bit um, biased because I was there and covering it, and you know, the, the moment felt so big because it was on the national stage um, on Thanksgiving, which is really outside of the Super Bowl, probably one of the most watched days of football uh, that there is all season. And everybody's off work. I mean, everybody's, you know, tuned in. And the Bills go on the road against the Dallas Cowboys team that is, you know, every year the main attraction on Thanksgiving. And so you go on the road, and, and you know, there's a couple big moments on that in that game. I think Cole Beasley's touchdown against his former team, uh, the uh, fourth down conversion when Josh Allen fumbled and picked it up and went forward. I, I that moment was just uh, – that was not a Bills um, brand of win if you take the last 25, 30 years of Bills football. And so I think that, you know, that that day was so huge for Bills Mafia. There was almost like a, a reset or, or, or a reward after years and years and years of disappointment to have that kind of moment on the national stage. I mean, to me, that was the biggest moment of the season – I can't argue with Ryan's Sunday night football was huge. Uh, I just, everything about that Dallas Cowboys game just felt massive. Yeah. And what about the worst moment of the season? Well, I would think it'd have to be almost a no brainer in the collapse in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you have, you build a 16, nothing lead, which looking back, uh, the bills probably should have been more aggressive trying to get touchdowns rather than settling for field goals. You had that uh, kickoff at the start of the third quarter that was originally ruled a touchdown and then overturned uh, because the official said, you know, they use common sense on that. But really by, uh, the, you know, if you go by the word by word in that uh, rule book, that should have been a touchdown. And then this the defense, like Matt said a, a few questions ago, because they kind of went away there for an entire quarter. And all of a sudden, that, that lead was gone, and, and they actually found themselves in a deficit. Now, kudos to the Bills for tying it up really late after a key fourth down stand. But deflating to lose that lead when they really could have made a statement to show, hey, you know, we are legitimate. We are on our way up. And I still think they are, don't get me wrong. But a playoff win, a fir- their first playoff win since 1995, would have been huge for this team. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's from that Houston game, and it's probably that um... – that, that play I was re- referring to earlier, the, the hit helmet to helmet hit on Josh. I mean, Mitch Morse and Dawson Knox both had a chance on the side quarterback run to make that block and probably set up a, you know, a big gain and, and potential game winning field goal. And, and that one hurts because, you know, in playoff games, sometimes you got to win a little bit dirty and, and that would have been uh, quite the recovery after the meltdown and the collapse before that. But, you know, I, as many like disappointing moments as there were from 2019, I think that my main takeaway from the season as a whole, even with considering all those moments, is this is just the beginning of what this group has built. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a second-year quarterback uh, who will be in his third year next year after really doing some crazy uh, Frankenstein-type stuff to his game this year. I mean, they've really ripped him down to, you know, to, the, to, to, to just parts and rebuilt him as a quarterback and as a player this year. I mean, if you would have told me that he would have been hovering around 60% completion percentage all season this year after throwing 52% in his rookie year and really looking lost at times, I would have said you're nuts. And, and really, there's only a couple games that really brought that, that average down below 60%. I mean, the Dallas mm-hmm. game was 80% completion percentage. I mean, that was stuff that the critics and – you know, uh, analytics Twitter would tell you was impossible going into this year. And, and this is just the beginning. They have so much money and so many, so much draft capital in the next couple of years. And for a group that has proven to be able to hit on a lot of these draft picks, you have to take from this season, even with some of the heartache, so much encouragement heading into 2020. Yeah. 
And the the last question is there was there has been a lot of big plays during the season. You've got the Dawson Knox stiff arm, Josh Allen running for a third for a first down on a um, on a fourth down against Dallas. Uh, Josh Allen receiving a touchdown pass from John Brown, John Brown passing to Devin Singletree. There's probably a few others. What was You're the best all the good play? ones. Yeah. What was your best? Were there any of those your best play, or was there another one that we may have missed that have been your um, your best play of the season? Well, I, I don't know if it's the best overall, but I, I still remember Josh Allen's touchdown run against the Cowboys. That kind of it kind when he scored there in the second half on that run. It almost felt like the game was out of reach for Dallas at that point. Um, it had been kind of close to there, but the Bills had really shut down Dallas, and, and then he scores that touchdown on the ground, and all of a sudden you thought, boy, this this team is going to win on Thanksgiving. They're going to make a big statement, which is exactly what they did. You know, I'll take uh, – I mean, you could, like you said, any of the ones you mentioned you could take. But for me, you know, after a season where Josh Allen really struggled with the long ball – that, that play against Stephen Gilmore when he hit uh, John Brown uh, for the deep connection, that, that has to be a, a play that you take away from the season. Like, man, I hope we can get a couple more of those next year because uh, if you're a Bills fan, because those are the kind of game-changing plays that we saw yesterday can completely bring a team out of uh, a huge hole like the Kansas City Chiefs down 24 to nothing. They got Patrick Mahomes just slinging it around, around the yard a little bit. And so I think that that's something that, you hope that can improve in 2020. Uh, Josh Allen came in with that big arm and he made a couple long, uh, big plays as a rookie. Uh, you, you think about some of those Robert Foster connections uh, that just weren't there for the majority of this year. So to me, that was a, a real highlight play and a real highlight game uh, uh, where he, he, he made a couple big uh, connections on the long ball. Yeah. And I did say the last one was the last question, but this one's just a quick, quick snapshot. Um, I know people are going to listen to this probably tomorrow, maybe later on tomorrow during the week. Obviously, it's the national championships, um, LSU versus Clemson. Top of your head, who's got that one? I'm going to go with LSU. I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson wanted just because uh, they have a tremendous quarterback of their own. But I'm going to go with LSU to win it this year. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan. He's, he's looked great this year. They have some talent on both sides of the ball, as does Clemson. But. I'm going to say LSU in a close game. Um, I'm going to say LSU as well. After watching uh, Burrow in his last game, I think it was the Peach Bowl, that was wow. I've not seen a quarterback at the college level play a a football game like that in a long time, if if maybe ever. Uh, So I'm not picking against him. Uh, I'll go with LSU. But for Bills fans, I mean, a couple top-tier receivers to keep your eye on in this game, Justin Jefferson. Uh, of LSU at four touchdowns in that game. And then on the other side, T. Higgins. If you do a quick uh, Google search for mock drafts, T. Higgins from Clemson is landing to the Bills at number 22 in, in quite a few of them. So yeah. there'll be a chance to watch him up close uh, tonight. That's, That's perfect. I mean, guys, thank you very, very much for um, for coming on, talking and talking the season review. It's been really, really great. Yeah, thanks oh, for no having problem. us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> and hopefully we can get you on a bit more in the um, in the off season if possible. Absolutely, sounds good. Perfect. Thanks so, for the time, guys. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I started the, the the show down on the season, but after after talking about all of the highlights, I, I feel good again. So thanks for that. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, guys. Take yep, care, have guys. a good one. Thanks, guys. And thanks to Matt and Ryan for that interview. Uh, a lot of really good fun talking to those guys about the Bills season. Um, and uh, to continue the conversation that we had with them, uh, Matt, let's go over our best moment, worst moment, and favorite play. So what was your best moment of the season? My best moment, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be the Steelers game. I think you can you can argue that the Cowboys are in there as well. And I will do that. Yes, and probably a couple of other games a little bit, potentially a little bit earlier on. But I kind of only really see those two um, mainly. But I think the Steelers one is is probably mine because we've gone up against a, a really good top defense and managed to actually um, and neutralize them a little bit. Yes, there were times where we couldn't get. We couldn't get the run game going. We couldn't get we 
we struggled a couple of occasions on passing, but it was the determination and obviously our first Sunday night football win in oh, I don't know how many how many forever years. it feels forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. That it's it's one of those games where you just think that can be one of the turning points or one of the things that click um going forward that you know that you can win the Sunday night football games, mm-hmm. you can win the the Thursday night Thanksgiving games. So you you know it. And I think that Steelers game, the way we played, is is probably my favourite moment because it just shows that regardless of who we played or who we play and who we're up against defensively wise, regardless of how how in inverted commas poor the play calling and offense is we will find that way of winning a um, winning a tight game and an important, meaningful game. And it was also the game that we won the, um, we got and secured our playoff place. Right. Yeah, no, that's a really good remember, uh, a moment to remember is securing that playoff spot. Um, not needing anyone's help to get in. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was the Cowboys win. I remember at the pub, I was like, holy shit, they're going to do it. Holy <laughs> shit, they're going to do it. We're, we're going to beat a team that, in this moment, that logo on our on our helmets never gets a W in this spot. Not my Bills. But holy shit, they're going to do it. And they do it. And it's like the Bills have arrived to the national audience. Because like mm-hmm. the four of us said in the interview, uh, we were all thinking 10 and 6. But no one in the national media had us better than almost 8 and 8, 9 and 7, you know? So this was the game where like, oh, the Bills can beat somebody. Turns out the Cowboys really weren't someone, but it was <laughs> us kind of planting our flag saying, hey, we're contenders. And it's just good to get that kind of respect um, throughout the whole league. So yeah. uh, to go from a high to a low, uh, what did you hate about this season? I had I had two, um, but my, my runner-up would be the Browns game. I think we were on such with such good role. Yes. Browns came in, they were a bit of um bit mismatch, having a few issues on there, but it's the way we failed to close the game out like we did most of the um most seasons and obviously we had um we faced Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which really was a mismatch for for our stout run defence, but to keep them within a score is kind of good, but I'd say that was one of the worst. But the worst one would have to be the playoff game. I think. Yeah. I, I think you go from being what 13, 16 points up um, 16, to yeah. to lose by a um, by a field goal on overtime, and it's not just the nature of how the Bills beat themselves up and beat themselves out of the um, the win in the in the third fourth quarter with banding the run, but again, you can put a little bit onto the common sense of, um, of certain aspects of that game that actually has that left a sour taste in the, um, in the heads of people. I mean, only recently called Cody Ford got fined $28,000 for that block, that block. And yet clowny for, forcibly shoving yeah. Carson Wentz head into the ground causing concussion mm-hmm. gets off scot free. Yep. But Yeah, no, there's a lot about that game to hate and and, and to really feel for. Um Yeah. I, I I mean I'm still not over it and this conversation's not gonna help me get over it. So <laughs> thanks for that. Uh so come on then. What what's yours then? You got um, so it could be considered a tie because both of these games ended the exact same way, uh, would be like the Ravens and the Patriots loss to end the season. Both of them, we had a shot to win. And in both of them, I mean, sorry, at the end of each game inside the red zone, we had a chance to tie and we blew it, but, uh, rewind all the way back to week four Patriots loss at home is my worst moment of the season. Uh, I talked about in our, in my favorite moment, the, arrival game of the Buffalo Bills. It should have happened earlier and it should have happened this game. Yeah. This was our time and it was our turn and the result was the same old, same old. Mm. 
and that's just really frustrating. Um, yeah. You know, another game, uh, one score game, and I mean that's that's really the for for me one of the biggest things is um, one losses that are one score games hurt, and uh, you know if you were to look at it, um, a complete offense could have had this Bills team at four and two, fourteen <laughs> and two, um, in ter- in total. But uh, yeah, the Pats lost at home, uh, defense dominates an offense uh just couldn't put it together uh it took the offense a long time this season to figure it out and in terms of figuring it out uh our was was a really low bar uh because we didn't finish the season very high in terms of offense and if that was us figuring it out um that's a bummer there's still a lot of work to do uh for that but um on a more fun note uh do you have a favorite uh, uh favorite play like what what stood out to you what did, what what play would you celebrate the most this season well i think i think in the interview i mentioned about four different ones on there yeah. um for me i think it was um it probably the josh allen um touchdown reception in yeah. the um in texan in Texas you must game. have a really short memory all of your favorite moments are like in the last three weeks yeah that's uh that is that's me as a as a whole on there, but no, I just think it's it's the way that obviously they designed that play. They wanted to go out and a gun make make try and make a statement earlier on. I was hoping they would do a lot more, but it also meant that John Brown was two for two for two touchdowns and a perfect um, yeah a perfect passer rating for the that's season. <laughs> but no, it's just just the way that obviously he actually worked it. He went out. He was. He pretty much was untouched, and um, and the, the Texans just didn't want, didn't even take him seriously enough to um to really to really look at him. But there are so many on there that really are are good plays. Whether you go back to Week One, the way we've come back on games, or you're looking at the the Patriots game where John Brown. Skinned Gilmore for for fifty three. You've got you've got the long balls that Josh Allen's actually done. I think it was first successful one to John Brown. I think I can't remember what week that was. I think it was a was Dolphins the, game. No, my favorite Josh Allen throw was the um, the touchdown to John Brown in the um, the Broncos game. Where he hits him on a, a deep strike uh, in the end zone, and uh, Brown lays out for it. Um, that was one of those ones where he uses his arm to uh, create separation from the DB, and Brown has to reach out for it and grab it. Uh, it was a great throw, and it shows what he can do. And I think that with mm. consistency, we can see stuff more like that. Um, but uh, for the for a whole, I mean, you can consider uh, that his uh, his heroic first down against Dallas. Um, yeah. the, the onside, uh, return uh, yes. six is fun, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, early in the season, that Dawson Knox stiff arm slash truck, uh, was, was a massive highlight, uh, that got play all over the place. Um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a play where, Oh, what a catch. Oh, what a stiff arm. Oh, we bowled him over. It's just like you can hear watching that highlight. You can hear the crowd roar and roar and roar even higher on all three play on all three moments of that play. It was uh, it was really exciting, uh, and I very much in- enjoyed that. Um, yeah. I so think... yeah, for for that, uh, yeah, fun fun season, disappointing end, right? Yeah, I think I think you, that that was. I was trying to figure that out when you said the Mika Hyde um, onside recovery. That soon clicked. I said, I said to myself, I knew I should have said that on on my yeah. highlight, on my um highlight. But yeah, it's it's a season gone where there is promise to be shown for next season. Yeah, I think that's how that's how all Bills fans have got to look at it, regardless of how bad the um the offense offensive play calling or the offensive play was. There's still in there those little nuggets, those little perfect plays that that the ball and Allen and the offense can work on in that off season. So it may be disappointing how it ended, but the promise and the excitement there 
for what's to come with the salary cap, with draft picks, with another whole season, with that whole offence pretty much returning. Maybe odd, maybe down a couple, but it's it's something to look forward to for the um for the season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, in summary, like I said uh, earlier, I mean, of the six losses minus the Jets' loss, um, it's all by one score. Mm. Um, an, an offense that's above average might have us at 14 and two again. Um, this Josh Allen-led offense had six games in the negative uh, for a for expected points earned based off of how they drive, where they finish, and how they score their points. Uh, consider uh, considering this stat, the Bills out offense outperformed the defense only four times all season the defense led the way in uh nine other games um and then there the rest of the games both were in the negative um yeah so considering the uh, expected points statistic for a comparison stake you can look at the 10 and 6 texans a team with a good offense and a bad defense uh yeah. their offense scored better in 11 games and then a team with a better defense uh, not many had winning records comparable to ours. Uh, like the Niners had a good defense and a good offense. But a team like the 8-8 eight and eight Bears, um, their defense was better in eight games compared to their offense, which was bad in only three. Um, the, the, my takeaway from explaining this stat is <laughs> across the league, there are only three other teams that made the playoffs with a better defense than offense in terms of um, simple rating system statistic based off of an average team. The Patriots, yeah. but they still had a positive offensive score. Uh, the the Vikings uh, and the Packers. So those were, including us, those were the only other teams that had a better defense than offense. And with the Vikings, the difference was marginal. Same with the Packers. Um, our defense blew our offense out of the water in terms of how our team was rated can compare yeah. to what an average NFL team would look like. Um, for the Bills to have any continued success, they need to fix this. They need to have production more in line with the rest of the league, which is having a better offense than defense. Now, I'm not mm. saying the defense needs to get worse. I'm just saying that the offense needs to rate better than the defense. Uh, the Bills this season, I believe, were an outlier performance. And outlier performances like this season – uh, tends to not be consistent. Um, so the offense, without a big boost next year, uh, I would consider uh, looking at a eight and eight kind of finish. Uh, I, I don't want to end the show on that sour note, but the fact of the <laughs> matter is, um, even if you want to win with defense, you have to be able to put up points. Yeah, you can't narrowly beat the Bengals. You can't lose like we did to the Patriots. Um, you can't lose like we did to the Browns. Um, we need to be able to score more points more consistently. And if that doesn't happen next year, it's going to end poorly for us. Yeah. But we'll we'll obviously review this um, way late into the, um, in the offseason once we know who we've got, who we've drafted, who we're keeping, who we're uh, releasing, and all that. Um, just want to give you guys a, a little heads up to the to the next episode. We're going to take a um, we're going to take what a week week and a bit off just to uh, quickly recharge the batteries before we um, start heading into all the off season. In the next episode, we are going to have it's going to be an awards episode. Um, just keep an eye out on Twitter and Facebook as I will be posting up a survey for you guys to to fill in with um, with about ten categories. Send it back, and on the um, and on the next episode, we will have an Oscar-style a um, award show. So that's something for for us to actually look forward to and I'll see to seeing your opinions on the, um, on the season. So you've got anything else to add, Alex? No, um, I'm, I'm honestly a hundred percent looking towards next season. Um, especially with the way, uh, the, the schedule looks for the playoffs. I'll probably be sleeping during the rest of them. So whoever wins <laughs> the Super Bowl, congratulations. 
blah, blah, blah. Uh, is it September yet? Uh, you better get your draft. You better get straight on your draft because that's coming up uh, coming up soon. Yeah. Bro, I will be in Japan. You enjoy that. I will be busy doing other things. I'm, talk- I'm talking about the- I'm talking about before before you go to Japan. I have to do draft prep. Oh, you're killing me. All you right, I guess. I'll- all right, I'll throw some names at I'll throw some names at a dra- at a dartboard because that's exactly how it works. But anyway, <laughs> all right. But no, it's it's going to be a really good um, really good off season. Um, discuss wise. Hopefully, 2020 will be a good season. Hopefully, we'll get the fixtures come um, come April. Hopefully, we'll know if the Bills are coming over to London or or even going abroad for the um, for the international series soon. Yep. All exciting times. But until the um, until the next show, it's uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Keep downloading, subscribing, reviewing continue all your following listening and interaction and go bills thanks for the support go bills not us yeah, not, not us. us you don't know anything about heart mm-hmm. you don't know anything about yeah. work yeah. huh that's who we are bills on three one two three bills. Bills.